live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Getting the new week started. Glad you're in. Aaron Fran holding it down as always. Rick Delgado joins me to do some news. Yes, sir. How are you? Frazzled. It's been, a, it's been a weekend. It's been a day. It's been crazy. Okay, very good. Well, there you go. I was just going to ask you how your weekend was. <laughs> I got, I, we got a new driver in the house. Uh, I'm nervous. Uh, he wants to go here. He wants to go there. He's got to go to his his, uh, his SAT prep course. I'm like, uh, I guess I got to let him go. Yeah. He's got a license now. Yeah, I have that same uh, I have that same issues now. Oh. With a driver, a new driver in the house, and you worry already. And uh, brings along all kinds of other things. So, oh but they grow up so fast. Oh, my goodness. Um, hope you all had a great weekend as well. There's Ooh. lots to talk about. Oh, yeah. I didn't get a chance to watch um, every second of all the Sunday shows. I probably didn't even watch half of them, probably. But I did watch Kristen Welker. <laughs> so, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. I've set up a 900 number this tonight for you to call oh, in. If you've witnessed and found the missing F-35 jet, call the 900 number. <laughs> Figured they have an 800 number set up for it. <laughs> Figured we'll go 900. Might make a few yeah, bucks here while, a, we're, couple bucks while people are outside looking for the F-35. I think it's actually now been, the wreckage has been found. Oh, really? They, they, did they finally decide, oh, we should maybe activate the low jack on that thing? You would think for $100 million it would have that as an option. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you lose an $80 million, but it was designed <laughs> to be a stealth deal. So, I mean, it's... It was hiding. It was doing a, it's, it's working. <laughs> yeah, it wor- it's working. I would think you would think that we would figure out a way to <laughs> right, like turn it off or something or find you know, I don't know. Or have it like because from what I understand, you can control. They can land it and have it take off without a pilot. You would think they'd be able to be like, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, turn around. I mean, it's one thing. <laughs> it's one thing. Uh, I read something today in the. Uh, American thinker, I believe it was, Andrea Weiberg. So it's one thing for us to design these things, for the enemy not to see them. But, I mean, could we leave like, <laughs> could we leave like a back door for us to be able to find it? Maybe the Chinese spy balloon could find it. Probably. You know what, you know what caught my, my attention, though, when I, was, when I was reading about that? That's a weird story, isn't it? It's, it's odd because then it makes me think, okay, because, you know, you saw the things. Oh, it was hacked by the Chinese. It, it landed in, in Havana right now. They're, right now they're going through it. They're taking it apart. And the only thing I can think of is, is was it an AI glitch, right? Are we, talking, are, are we talking, did this thing decide, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe it's Terminator time. Then I'm going to start flying around, deciding who I'm going to pick off. Well, I mean, I mean, only you would go there. Well, I, mean, I went as far as maybe some some kind of enemy um, enemy takeover, enemy action, something. There should we should find out what happened. Yeah, because I mean, again, I don't know how you lose an eighty million dollar jet. Um, but I think it has been found in the continental U.S. I believe in South Carolina, about seventy miles from where the pilot ejected now now did the pilot again i've read so many conflicting reports here one of which that the the jet ejected the pilot like there were some malfunctionings going on or something like that well so some of the latest news says um based on the facts available we should be troubled by the pilot ejecting from the plane over a heavy heavy populated area course the plane may have ceased responding to anything he did in which case there was nothing he could do but save his own life that's possible right however if he still had some control over it i think he had an obligation to try to ditch it over the nearby atlantic ocean rather than jumping out over north charleston had that pain had that plane swiftly followed him down into north charleston the carnage could have been immense 
as it is until the plane is on the ground, which I think it is now, the timing of this writing in the American Thinker. I don't believe it was. The possibility remains that it can crash somewhere disastrous. Think of it as the... Um, well, no, it did crash somewhere disastrous. Currently, our enemies are reveling in yet another showing of the American military's incompetence. While the Pentagon obsesses about transgenderism, drag shows, Ukraine, race, and other things, the functional part of the military seems to be falling apart. Right. So, And, and then, of course, you equate that with, is that just another example of an Aaron Rodgers uh, New York Jets, uh, you know, coincidence? I'm not following that. What does that mean? <laughs> you spend all this money on this great jet, and you can't use it because it crashed. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think, like I said, I think there has to be – There, I'm sure there will be, although I don't – can we trust the people doing the investigation would be the um, – I guess would be the question. Because that guy who runs that outfit over there doesn't all seem right. like he's all on the ball. No, he doesn't seem too into it. But it is a strange story. But they have found it. So our 900 number is not going to work tonight. You don't have to call in and let us know if you've seen it. Because I think it's been found in Williamsburg County, South Carolina, which is about 75 miles north of where the pilot uh, ejected. So. Which, and again, it's like, hey, let's, uh, we need the public's help here. You need the public's help. Um, this is the mill. They they set able- up an 800 number. Yeah, that's the craziest thing. You would think, okay, I've seen the movies from 20 years ago. You know, uh, uh, they can zero in. They can read. They can read your license plate from space. You can't find one of your own jets that probably has some homing stuff on it. Uh, you know, I don't care if it's stealth. It still puts out a signal that you should be able to track, right? It should show up on a screen, so if you are in a dogfight with aliens and one goes out, you'd be like, oh, that was Colonel so-and-so. He just got taken out by the alien. His thing goes blank. Good analogy, yes. Thank you. I do believe the pilots can turn the transponder off in the stealth aircraft, so they're not emitting signal. But why would they do that? So the enemy can't find you. But you're over, over your own, you're over your own uh, country. Yeah, but if he's practicing stealth maneuvers, he's going to do it just like he'd do it in battle. Okay, so well, there you go. There you go. There's all kinds of open questions that we need to find out. So, was he practicing stealth maneuvers? We don't know. They, we we don't know, know they were doing drills, so that's a possibility. We don't know. Yeah. Slick, how are you? Well, I don't hear your mic, so but I'm yeah. glad you're here. We'll do some sports. Yep. Well, there you go. Uh, how are you? Well, speaking of jets that crashed, I've just crashed in here myself. The Jets <laughs> are setting up a 900 number for a quarterback, possibly after yesterday's game. But yeah, I'm here, Big D. All right, very good. We will go back over the odds makers. I don't know the exact record, but I think you did pretty well. Yeah, we did, did good on the pro. I think you split on college, and you did very well on pro, if yes. I remember looking quickly. Yep. Uh, so we'll do some sports. We'll do some news. Some uh, some weird story. Well, we talked about the Jet. The, the Russell Brand thing is weird to me. That We didn't really talk Friday about the um, Lauren Boebert story. Which has yes. some weird weird things to it. I mean, <laughs> that's a crazy story. That is crazy. In that, it almost seems like she was. Now she's not. Now she's dumped this guy. Well, I was a Democrat too. bar owner. Yeah. It almost looks like almost like a setup. Almost. I started to think that too. It's like I got better cameras in that theater than we have here in the <laughs> studio. And they got and they got one one trained specifically on where she was sitting. Which makes you think, well, well, why was it pointed right there? Don't those things constantly move? I, I thought they were supposed to be constantly moving. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, it looked like when it was when the wide shot, it looked like it just covered the whole theater. I don't know that it was <laughs> necessarily set there for her, but obviously zoomed in on her when right. I, the hanky-panky started. Ooh. 
Which, uh, I mean, I don't know. She's apologized for it, and I know everybody's all over her. Well, he was. Well, he was, yeah. And she says, you know, she's gone through a lot in her personal life, and I mean, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? <sighs> strange like, be- why don't you strange behavior in public, but... I. You go first. Obviously, no, you don't have you. an opinion. I'll pass. <laughs> I mean, I'll accept her. I accept what she says. It's uh, whatever, whatever she's going through. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know about all that in, in the public theater. Whether that's appropriate or not, probably not. I'm going to say it's completely inappropriate. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know at this point, I, I could see if you were like 21, 22. You're, you're a young kid. You're messing around. Okay, I get it. You're you're an adult. You've got five you kids. Five kids. Yeah. You you you're, you've been married. You you serve in the House of Representatives. Um, you gotta have better judgment than that. Should she lose her job? No. Because well, she only won it. by about six hundred votes, which I, I mean, well, she might double she, that now because I think uh, some people are fans. Oh um, well, <laughs> only fans. Only fans. But, <laughs> yeah. but it is weird though. The whole tape, the whole thing, the vaping. Yeah, the vape. It's just like, what? like, what is she? What are you thinking about? Is she, is, when did she? You know what? That's a good question too. Is when did she get married? Did she get married young? Seems like she was probably a, like a twenty-year-old bride, right? Now she's divorced. What's the and, audience feedback on her behavior? Does the, does the audience have a have a? Uh, I'm interested in the couple things. I'm interested in what the audience thinks of tonight, and that's the first one is Bobert. Because because some of that behavior is is again that's twenty year old behavior. That's the kind of that's the kind of stuff knuckleheads do. And the fact that she she's got five kids, she looks fairly young. What is she? Early forties, maybe. Maybe she never lived it up in her twenties, and now she's kind of, kind of harkening back to that missed opportunity of living it up, you know, college life and all that stuff. Who knows? It um, brings up another question I'm interested in the audience's uh, feedback on. All right. Is do you think these days, with the way the world is and the way our political world is, is we have all young kids who are going to grow up to date and marry, hopefully, and be happy and have families? Aligning your political, social, moral, political views. Uh, more important today than maybe when we were growing up that we didn't really think it or talk about it as much? Do you think it's as, as vital today to align yourself with someone who politically thinks the same way you do, has the same values on abortion, things like that? Are you talking about relationships? And, and someone that you're looking to, yeah, and get okay. engaged and marry. Hmm. I'm interested in what the audience thinks. I think back... Back when we were growing up, it wasn't as important. I don't think it was as discussed either or yeah. thought about as much. Right. And I'm wondering, because- I'm wondering now, can a couple survive if they're not aligned on some of these issues? Raising kids in this world of today. Right. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably the thing you'd have to align on is how we're going to raise our kids, whether it has to do with, you know, the social side or the religious side, because you do have those, those instances where, you know, you get people from different religions and somebody has to make a sacrifice, say, you know what, I'm going to step away, I'm going to convert to this religion and we're going to raise our kids this way. But that has to be, you know, that's something that you work out. Yeah, like a, your, your, your kids are coming home from school saying, oh, you know, Johnny's using the girl's bath. Like, a, what, are you on the same page with all that? Yeah, that no, that's that's a hard that's a hard no on on Johnny using the girls' bathroom. What I'm saying, you and your <laughs> you and your to be would be have to you would think you would have shared where you believe on that before you got married. Is my point. Yeah, I think you know what I think on that one. Yeah, most people agree. Yeah. Obviously, I'm seeing it already. Yeah. 
and I'm seeing some feedback on the Lauren Boebert, and most people seem like they don't care, which, I, again, and so on, maybe not. But some people say it's disgusting. You can't excuse the behavior. She represents the people. She needs to act professional, which right. is what you said. You're in yeah. Congress. Yeah. Walk said that. I mean, most people would yep. think when you go out and you're a member of Congress, you know you are already got a target on your back. You know, people are watching every move you make, especially from the media and the other side or whoever. I mean, you would think uh, that would be like a given. Yeah. Uh, uh, who knows? I mean, she, she's vaping. Who knows? Uh, I'm not going to speculate, even though I love to. Um, I'm not going to in this instance. No. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, because don't, can't you put other stuff in those vaping things? Like, it's not just uh, whatever the, the flavor is. I've never done it. Yeah. I have no idea. I have no desire, but you probably can, Rick. I think you can. I think yeah. those are going to end up being worse than cigarettes probably yeah. in like yeah. 10, 15 years from now. We'll I find agree. out. All right, live from Studio 6B, lots to talk about, lots to get your feedback. Tonight, we'll do sports and news, WTF of the day. Oh, that's a good one. Coming up on a Monday night. Radical ballot. the hour live from studio 6p on a monday getting a week started glad you're in hope you had a good weekend slick rick's gonna do some sports rick delgado's gonna do some news got a couple good quiet audiences fired up tonight gotten a lot of good stuff back what somebody say would well, damon would you marry joy behar yeah joyce behart <laughs> well no I, I would not marry joy behar but i don't know if, maybe because i wouldn't want to shave her back every day for her, but <laughs> oh, <I don't> <laughs> that's bad <laughs> oh. maybe not because well, no i just no i wouldn't thank you Wow. No, I wouldn't. No, I mean, I I only asked because I, 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 I don't know. I don't know why I asked. Something made me think of it this this weekend. I was thinking. What about Joy Behar's hairy back? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. About, about hus- potential husbands and wives being aligned on um, politically. I guess because, you know, the whole, the, the, everybody's response to the Trump abortion thing this weekend and the, the, his response to the Megyn Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, can a man, be, the um, wait on the, can a man become a woman? without an immediate no and um i forgot what else it was but something just made me think man couples today raising kids i went to back to school night you know i never said this i went to back to school night and i'll tell you one thing and i don't know about other school districts on long island but my kids district i walked around that building first of all i had two people come up to me and go I really like your show. <laughs> really? And really? Like, you can, you, nice. you, you, right. Are you whispering because you don't want anybody else to hear? Um, but I walked through that um, school, and I purposely looked of any books I could see, posters I could see, every room I could look at. I didn't see one thing that as a parent would have alarmed me. All right. Not a, not a nothing. Not a not a not a food not, not like a water bowl on the floor. No, in case woke, some nothing. Is... Nothing. Okay. No. Nothing. Little boxes. None right. Of that, right. Nothing that I saw. Okay. Do you go into the men's room? You see any yep. uh, uh, female? No. Dinner? No signs. No. Okay. No, okay. no signs. No nothing. And I had two people come up and tell me they like the show. So I don't know. Oh. All right. So I don't know if that goes for every school in Long Island, but I mean Suffolk County is extremely 
uh, Republican. Yes. Yeah. Trump oh, yeah. did very well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In Suffolk County, and, and they will do very again. Strong for all the GOP candidates in Suffolk County. Always. But you know better than anybody. Yeah, absolutely, Slick. it's huge. I mean, we—if uh, the rest of the country thought like Suffolk County, the county that we live in, we'd be in a great spot. Great spot as far as nationally taking the elections every year. Big D. No nonsense group. Very conservative. Good, good community. Yeah. All right, let's do some sports. Uh, sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and My Pillow. Slick can give us a review of the Odds Makers, which we posted on Friday night, our segment for the Odds Makers, which we couldn't do on the show, but we did it afterwards and posted it. Uh, sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and My Pillow. Use our code LFS6B if you shop there. Uh, what's going on, Slick? All right, Big D. Well, I'll breeze through the uh, quick recap of the NCAA and the NFL games that we picked on Friday. Uh, but the uh, right now, NFL action, Monday Night Football, doubleheaded, Big D, back-to-backs here. Uh, we have the Saints and the Panthers already underway in Carolina. Saints lead 6-3 to three with about seven minutes to go in the second quarter. And Steelers and Browns just underway. I guess the Steelers must have scored on the opening kickoff because there's only nine seconds into the game. And uh, the Steelers are up 7 nothing over the Browns. And that's at, what, Akershaw Stadium in Pittsburgh. The former Heinz Stadium. So uh, we'll keep an eye on both of those games this evening. And uh, again, Steelers over to Brown seven nothing, and the Saints lead the Panthers six to three over the weekend. NCAA games, Big D. Well, we split the games, good ones. Uh, UNC did defeat Minnesota thirty one thirteen, covered there late seven. Uh, Bama, Bama's having their struggles. They got a quarterback issue now. They look like they're having some major issues figuring out which direction they want to go. The I mean, that, coach that game was up in the air until the fourth quarter. It was. It was a thirty. Three-point line, and uh, they ended up only winning seventeen to three by two scores. And you're right; it was late that they actually scored. At one point, it was three nothing U.S. University of Southern Florida for quite a while. So we're going to see what's going to happen. Whether they're going to go with uh, Jalen Milrow or another quarterback. Uh, the great state of Iowa. What do you know? They found their offense big D. They ended up scoring forty-one points and beat Western Michigan by ten. So therefore, they covered by three. So that worked out well. And last but not least, great nightcap game. Colorado Deion Sanders. He was on sixty minutes. I just can't bring myself to watch this. The whole game till two thirty in the morning. It was unbelievable. <laughs> what a game! Right back and forth. So did I. I, I mean, almost fell asleep. But uh, what an incredible back, to, back, back and forth. Uh, Shador Sanders. I think he's the real deal. Big day. Great, great young quarterback. And uh, well, we'll see what happens. Well, well these next two weeks are going to tell us whether oh, they're yeah. the real deal. The Oregon game Oregon's next week a big is going to be that's going to be a big up. one. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But they did forty three thirty five double overtime, winning that game. And boy, and hats off to Colorado State. Boy, they came to play big day. They had a helmet on everybody. So that was a great game. NFL picks. Shooting over to that. Uh, well, the Packers did not win, but they did cover. Atlanta ended up edging the Packers at the end there, uh, but it was uh, 25-24 plus one and a half. Talk about raise the thing. You think the odds makers knew what they were doing there? So we won that game. The Chiefs, of course, Kansas City, they struggled a little too, but they played a very good Jacksonville team. Those two teams, I got a funny feeling they're going to meet again in the playoffs, but they did defeat the uh, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence just really couldn't find his mojo. Did you, uh, did you hear Iron Eagle with the call? No. When Kelsey scored his touchdown, because, you know, the rumors of him and Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, yeah. So he scored the touchdown, (laughs) and Iron Eagle, he had it ready to go. He said, Kelsey found a blank space for the touchdown. That was a good one. So uh, what they did, they won 17-9. They're back on track. I think they'll still be a great team. Mahomes signed a huge contract today, too, uh, extension. And the Bills, 38-10 over the Raiders. Jimmy G, not to be, not on that Sunday. He went down the field. It was 7-0. I'm saying, oh, boy, might be in trouble. But the Bills, Josh Allen, they came back and formed. Big D. They won 38-10. to 10. Broncos and Commanders back and forth. Great game. Just like that Giants-Arizona game. What a comeback by the Giants. We didn't pick that game, but that was a fantastic comeback by the New York football Giants. Yesterday. At uh, 17 
Was it 20? What was the score in the Giants game going into the fourth? 27 nothing uh, or 20, 17 20, nothing? 20 to 7, I think. Or, yeah, it was like Because it was 17 nothing. It was, it was 17 nothing. I texted Paul Nolan, the Giants are going to go 0 and 17 this year. Yeah. And, and they, he texts back, or worse. <laughs> or worse. Well, they flew back. Unbelievable. And I turned the game off. And then I said to my wife later that night, the Giants have gone scoreless in two games, thinking they hadn't scored in the right. fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. She was, oh, no, Damon, what are you talking about? <laughs> She's like, the out. Giants won. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> That's an amazing win. But uh, your Broncos, they, they dropped one. Uh, they had a Hail Mary pass right at the end, which they scored, but they failed to, t- failed to hit the two-point conversion there. So uh, 35-33, Commanders picked that one. And they're up 2 nothing now, Washington. They're looking good, too. That NFC East is a, is a tough division. And speaking of the NFC, the Cowboys, of course, winning, took care of business against the Jet team. I'll tell you, the Jets, though, they got a good defense. They really do. They really held the Cowboys in check. I thought the Cowboys could have put up 50. Uh, they ended up holding them to five field goals, but still in all, the Cowboys ended up winning 30 to 10. Their defense was a little bit too strong. The Dallas defense, that would be uh, to, and for the Jets. So, and uh, Jets. This could I, be your year, Slick. One way to go, Big D. You know that. It's only two games. A lot of things could happen. Look at Saquon Barkley. Tweaked his ankle. You know, I don't want to get too crazy. But uh, anyway, Big D, that was a glorious rap in sports. Six and three this weekend. Six and three last weekend. So I got to get a little better with those college picks. So it was a tough. I just can't quite figure that out. But good, good run overall. All right. Very Thank good. Uh, we'll do some more sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Let's do some news. And here with that's Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. Well, first I want to do a quick follow-up on that uh, Lauren Burp, Bulbert story. Um, turns out this this uh, the showing of Beetlejuice, a live-action production of it, is much like, I don't know if you're familiar with the Rocky Horror Picture Show midnight showings that happen here on Long Island a lot of times. And people would show up, <laughs> and they dress the part. It would be a party. Yeah. So a lot of shenanigans would happen. They'd have they'd have the crowd doing some stuff. From what I understand from some of the uh, some of the reviews and, and people that have written about that, that said they said this is exactly what this is, where they encourage you know um, thing you know, interaction with the audience. It contains strong language, mature references. So it's a, it's it could be that uh, you know she got caught up in it as well. We're not sure, but I just figured I'd give it a little more of what the what the left likes to call context when you're talking about stories. Well, I mean, the video looked pretty much like a regular Broadway theater. It didn't look right. like anybody else was really. As a matter of fact, somebody had turned her and asked her to stop vaping already once. That's what started. Uh-huh. I guess mm-hmm. they had mentioned it to security even before the uh, the hanky panky. I guess. Right. All right. So, well, like I said, it, 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 the production is done that way. It's a live production um, with a lot of uh, crowd encouragement and, and interaction. And real quick, on this date, 1978, Slick Rick, you'll appreciate this one. WKRP in Cincinnati oh, debuted yeah. 45 years ago today with still the best TV theme song ever. Yes, so. I agree. I love it. All right, more news with Delgado. We get back on a Monday live from Studio 6B.
at 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Hope you had a great weekend. Slick Rick's going to do sports. Rick Delgado's going to do some news. Aaron and Fran holding it down, as always. Good to see all our friends in the Getter Chat, wherever you're watching. Make sure you follow us on our social media, at LFS6B, on everything Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Spaces, uh, whatever else there is, Instagram, LFS6B Show. Posted a nice picture of my cigar this Sunday, oh, Slick nice. Rick. It was yeah. a nice one, a Patron. It was very nice. Whoa. Um, what spaces? So follow us. Well, that's the thing that, um, isn't it called spaces? The thing that Instagram put out or Facebook put out that's supposed to rival oh, threads? Twitter? Threads? Oh, threads. Yeah. Threads. Is that oh, what it is? Thread. Yeah, threads. Threads. Space. Space. Spaces. Whatever. Spaces. That's that, that's that, that spot in between your ears. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, threads. Well, I don't ever use threads, so I don't think anyone else does either, no, by either. the way. So that's why I forgot it. Um Follow us on all our social media. Make sure you visit us over at livefromstudio6b.com. is the main place to go, the mothership. Uh, make sure you sign up to be a member. It's free. Make sure you sign up to be on the mobile list as well. It's also free. Okay. Give us your phone number because we'll send push notifications with special deals on T-shirts and all kinds of stuff. So make sure you sign up over there, livefromstudio6b.com. Free shipping on all orders still going on. Uh, all right, let's do some more news with Rick Delgado. News is brought to you by our friends at 7cells.com. Use our code at checkout for 20% off. What's going on, Rick? All right, well, there's a lot to pick from, but this one uh, I think grabbed everybody's attention over the weekend is Russell Brand, uh, my personal, one of my personal favorites in terms of podcasts, uh, ha- has now been accused of rape, sexual assault, and emotional abuse over a seven-year period at the height of his fame. This is coming from, well, one of the many ones. This is coming from The Guardian. The, uh, the allegations between 2006 and 2013 were the result of a joint investigation of the Sunday Times, the Times, and Channel 4 dispatches. Brand denied the allegations. I don't know if you saw the quick two-and-a-half-minute video he put out. Uh, five alleged victims, four of them anonymous. Well, that's that's interesting. Mm. Were interviewed in the dispatch's documentary, and it aired on Saturday night. So they actually did a documentary. They didn't go to the police. They're like, no, 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 let's do a documentary. They do a four-part right. doc. <laughs> this is the, the Times in England, I guess. Yeah. And here's... Now, this supposedly happens between 2006 and 2013, like right. you said, at the height, at the height of his uh, mainstream fame. Right. And yet somehow, without any explanation, these only come to light now. And then they do a four-part doc, and then they immediately put it behind a paywall. Explain that to me. <laughs> you can't even go see it. It's behind a paywall. Right. It's the same thing they did to Portnoy, Business Insider. It's the same thing that we've seen in other other celebrity cases like this. Why the why the wait, and why all of a sudden if if everybody needs it, it goes behind a paywall. It's just so strange. Yeah, it, it, the whole story seems a little strange. It'll see seems a little uh, oddly timed when you think about his uh, recent trajectory when it comes to being. Um, you know, his, his growing fan base. I think he's over six and a half million now on his YouTube page alone. Um, five alleged victims, like I said, four of them are anonymous. The Times titles uh, said that they contacted the media personalities representative with details of the allegations as well as the information to help him recall the incidents in question in advance of the planned publications, giving him just eight days to respond. Brand lawyers, though, initially claimed to be unable to do so, the papers reported, uh, because of the large lit 
litany of questions. His lawyers characterized the way in which the request for comment was made as part of a preconceived strategy aimed, aimed at damaging their client, according to the report. They added that he believed that there was a deeply concerning agenda to all this, which he said in the video as well, namely the fact that he is an alternative media broadcaster competing with mainstream media. The Sunday Times said Brand's lawyers did not reply for further requests for comment. And uh, according to the paper's report, one of the women said Brand entered into a relationship with her while she was just 31 and he was still at no while he was 31 and she was still 16 uh 16 years old she reportedly said he referred to her as the child during an alleged emotionally abusive and controlling three-month relationship i mean for for certain you don't want to prejudge these kind of situations but as you said it is striking how much more of a um how much more of a thorn in the side to the power brokers of of all things industry, um, and in this nation particularly, of a threat that he is. He doesn't yeah. toe the line on, well, vaccines. He doesn't toe the line on January 6th. He doesn't toe the line on many things. Um, and he's really kind of changed his tune since, I mean, most people think of him as doing these movies, being married to Katy Perry yeah, or Katy whatever. Perry, married yeah. to Katy yeah, Perry. And, uh, being a goofball, think he, about, he was, he was yeah. in the remake of Arthur, which remember, yeah. it's okay. It wasn't that bad of a movie. But remember he got thrown out of the GQ Awards there in 2013 for starting then to not toe the line. Remember he said one of the show sponsors, I think, had, um, had previously made uniforms for the Nazis or something like that mm -hmm. back in 2014 or 13 or 14. It was in the GQ um, Awards or whatever the hell it was. And he's really been... He's really been speaking out against the company line for about 10 years now. Yeah. With the, with the biggest audience now that he's ever had. Yeah. And it just continues to grow. And, and, and his uh, recent interviews, I guess, did he do one with Trump? No, no, he, he spoke no, about Tucker, Trump. No, Tucker, he did recently. Right, he spoke about Trump, and I guess it was, uh, I haven't had a chance to watch that particular episode yet, but people are like, wow, did you hear what Russell was saying about Trump? And it's almost because, it's almost like he's had enlightening about what has been exposed since 2015, 2016, up until now, how he's kind of had this conversion, so to speak. And I think he's bringing a lot of people with him, and the mainstream media ain't happy about that. Big oh. Pharma is not happy oh, about well, that. Oh, they're the, they're the main ones. Right. Oh, yeah. If there's one thing that he has absolutely hammered, put a torch to, he has extraordinarily spoken out about Big Pharma. Yeah. And with the help of RFK, who, who you know, has done his show a few times now. Um, so interesting, uh, interesting story to see how this all of a sudden breaks. Um, and we'll see what happens with it. We'll keep tabs on it. Keep checking it out. If you do get a chance, check out his podcast uh, on Rumble um, because he can speak freely there. It's funny. He'll start his podcast on YouTube and then say, okay, after about 10 minutes, we're going to go over to Rumble now, Ch change over and watch us on Rumble because we're about to talk about stuff we're not allowed to talk about here. Yeah. And one of those subjects, as we kept, kept saying, keep saying, is that uh, – he, unlike rest of the media, does not believe that we should just be kowtowing and bowing down to every drug that the pharmaceutical company wants to push upon us. And he has talked about it incessantly. Yeah. So, again, you talk about someone who is um, a far bigger threat to the power brokers of the world than he was back in 2013. He'd be one of them right now. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and especially the fact that he hits a certain demographic, too, which is uh, you know very concerning to them.
He hits a younger demographic than they're used to. Um, Similar to James O'Keefe, by the way. Yeah. What's happened to him? The demographic he hits, the subject matters he hits. Yeah, I remember. Not, not too dissimilar. Yeah, and remember, it was right around the time Big Pharma exposed Pfizer. All of a sudden, they came for him at uh, Project Veritas. Yes, they did. And now, same same thing here. He's had on RFK the last couple of weeks. Uh, they've exposed and talked about some big things. And what a surprise. Hey, rape allegations. Here you go. Break glass. Yeah. Um, talking about uh, talking about some other things that could be made up. Uh, let's talk about President Biden as he continues to uh, have this awesome life that never happened. Uh, President Biden claims he taught political theory, believe it or not, at the University of Pennsylvania. Yes, he said this in a speech. Democracy is at stake, folks, he began. Our democracy is under attack, and we got to fight for it. He was talking, um, I want to see where he was talking at this one. It doesn't say here, but this story is from the American Insider. He says, I taught at the University of Pennsylvania for four years, and I used to teach political theory. And <laughs> folks, sure. you always hear every generation has to fight for democracy, and I found myself. It's automatic. We didn't have to believe it, but we do. We do. Um, <laughs> of course, this was a uh, fact checked almost immediately, despite being an honorary professor, honorary, um, in recent years, fact checkers say he's never taught a single class. Biden claims he taught political theory at the University of Pennsylvania. He never taught a, cl- a single class at UPenn, according to Greg Price. Uh, also, this coming from author Carol Roth, who I think had the best line in this article. She said, Biden's pretend life sounds very fun and interesting. <laughs> and then another person wrote that, is this guy in late stage dementia? Is this guy a late stage dementia patient or does he, is he literally a serial liar? I'm not sure which one is worse. So. And you think and you think about uh, you think about that. And then you, you juxtapose that against a former president who once again, for an hour and 13 minutes, went into the uh, lion's den with Kristen Welker on Meet the Press, which just as a side note, mm-hmm. if she hosts that show like we saw in week one, that show has probably got about 12 months or less left before they start looking for someone else because the ratings have got to be, other than the Trump, which I'm sure she got great ratings for, right. that is going to be abysmal. She is in no way, she doesn't even have the ability to come across as anything but a partisan um, cover for the Biden administration, an activist for the Democrat Party, a donor of the Democrat Party, as her parents are, I believe, big donors. I mean, she, she doesn't have an inkling of news in any bone in her body that she wants to get to. She sits there and asks questions, and then doesn't let him speak. And she did it throughout the interview. And then they edited it to live fact check the things that they didn't like that he said. I mean, she was so rude and obnoxious as the host and questioner in this interview with Trump. I mean, it was really hard to watch. I mean, she'd ask him something, he'd start to answer, and then she just, just like she did in the debate when right. she was the moderator back in 2020. She was awful then, too, sitting there just running for cover. I mean, she, she, <laughs> she has the nerve to ask Trump about if he was to get elected, he, would he appoint an attorney general? You know, they're all caught up in this revenge thing. Mm-hmm. Would, you, would you? 
Now, she's supposed to be a reporter, and she's sitting with the former president who has undergone from the current administration the biggest, <laughs> most dangerous weaponization and yeah. targeting of their political opponents we've ever seen. And she has the nerve to ask him about targeting your political opponents and doesn't doesn't bring it up <laughs> because she doesn't have it in her to say anything about, so does it concern you that the Department of Justice, no, she could never ask that question. She says, well, are you going to, are you going to appoint an attorney general and like, uh, like who's going to like uh, go, go after your political opponents? <laughs> she asked him this seriously. <laughs> Like, she's really concerned about it, but she doesn't bring up it that it's currently happening. No, because it, to them, it's okay. See, this is fine if it's, if it's from them. If it happens to them, well, then that's the problem. It's, it's, all, it's all fine as long as they can do it, but don't you dare try and do that to us because that's unfair. And of course, she's she sounds she sounds like a she sounds like a, a delightful person actually to hang out with. And then she runs cover <laughs> and interference when the when the answers get to a point where she does. Well, there's no, there's no. Well, there's no no no. Well, Mr. President, there's no there's no evidence. Of, Was she having no, a Leslie Stahl moment? There's no evidence of anything according to her, sir. Sir. <laughs> no, it's not yet. Not that bad. She has her own annoying way of doing it. Yeah. Awesome. But, oh, my God, it's unwatchable. <laughs> unwatchable. Great, I can't wait not to watch it. I'll play some clips for you, see if you think it's watchable. Damn it, he's going to play it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Studio 6B, 13 till the hour. So just quickly throw up my screen, Aaron. Here, here's, just look at her ask this question. Now think about what's going on. Who's she talking to? What we've seen. And this is how she asks, and she's serious about this question to Trump. Here it is. Talk about retribution. Are you talking about directing your attorney general to try to go after your political enemy? When I talk about retribution, I'm talking about fairness. Now, if she had said, like what's going on now, at the end of it, then I could have accepted it. Right. But she asks it like, it's like a, she's got serious concerns. Like, we could never go there. Because that like, would be crazy. Like, this is this is why we can't have you back, because you do crazy things like this. Talk about <laughs> retribution. Are you talking about directing your attorney general to try to go after your political enemy? When I talk about retribution, I'm talking about fairness. We have to treat people fairly. These people on January 6th, they went, some of them never even went into the building and they're being given sentences of, you know, many years. Are you going to pardon And nothing is happening. Well, I'm going to look at them and I certainly might if I think it's appropriate. Uh, no, it's a very, very sad thing. And it's, they're dividing the country so badly and it's very dangerous. Well, Mr. President, we're going to delve into that a little bit later on, but I want to stay on this idea of what you mean by retribution. Are you looking to appoint an attorney general who will prosecute the people you tell them to prosecute? I'm looking to appoint 
an attorney general who's going to be tough on crime and fair. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what you got yeah. from Kristen Walker. When oh. she wasn't, and she just lied, just fact check lied about stuff. The Pelosi stuff. Oh, there's no, there's, there's no evidence of anything, according to Kristen Walker. That's pretty much what you can take away from the interview. Right. There's always no evidence. There's no evidence of anything. No evidence that Pelosi turned down the um, turned down 10,000 National Guard troops, although there's 10 people who were in the room who said yes, including Cash Patel, that it happened. Uh, there's no evidence of any of that. There's no evidence. Stephen Sund, Capitol Police Chief, who said, I wasn't getting these briefings. Oh, no, no, there's no, there's no evidence, according to Kristen Welker. Yeah. We were requesting help. They were turning us down. Even the mayor of D.C. sent a letter saying, uh, don't send help. We're good. We got this covered. Which he brought up to her that I had a le- He brought that up. Did he? Yes, he did. He brought that up to Kristen Walker, who didn't care. Well, of course she didn't care. Why should she? <laughs> so just, I mean, un- just really, it was hard to watch. And for the, for the most part, 99% of the president did, you know, he's way too much for her. Way too much. Did a great job. The only, the only thing that's questionable is the, is the abortion answer, which people have talked about incessantly. And I, you know, I just don't know who's giving him the advice to move to the center on this. There's, there's no voters anywhere in this country, anywhere, who say, you know, I didn't vote for Trump in 16 or 20, but if he just would move left on abortion, I would vote for him. There are no, no people who say that. <laughs> no. Good point. You're, you're not. There's <laughs> nobody point. who you're going to convince by saying, oh, when I'm done with it, everyone's going to be happy. It's impossible. There are no middle-of-the-road voters on this topic. They're either hard death or hard life. So I, I don't know. I just I don't know where he's going with that answer. I don't know well, if he's going back to his New York um, days. I posted the clip of on um, Tim Russert a long time ago when he was asked about this. What was that, like 1999 or something? 1999. Exactly. And certainly people can change their views. Clearly he has. I, we listened to him talk at the March for Life, mm-hmm. first president to ever attend it. See, and, and that's, that's one of the interesting things here because, you know, he's never been a, a you know, when you look at that 1999 and you're listening to him now, he kind of sounds like the same guy, right? Where he's got, okay, you know, I understand it. I don't like it. I'm for life, but I understand it kind of thing, which I think a lot of people are. I think most people are probably somewhere in that middle. Like there are certain instances where they can say, you know, you got me on that one. That's, that's one I didn't think about. Okay. I could understand it in that, in that respect. Um, But when you look at also what he has done, you know, you, you hear his words, but then you see what he's done. You mentioned the March for life. He was the only president that ever went there, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. He was the only president. And if you listen to his speech, he talks about every life. Right. He doesn't talk like the answer he gave on Meet the Press. He doesn't talk about that a six-week heartbeat bill is a mistake. How can that be a mistake? And people say, well, it's back to the states now. Okay, it's back to the states. How hard do you think it's going to be for red? We can't even get red state governors to pass legislation that looks like it represents the people that they represent in red states. It's hard enough. We've seen it in South Dakota. We've seen it in all these red states, except for Florida. How hard do you think it's going to be for a governor when the 
the president of the, possibly the president again of the United States and certainly the leader of the Republican Party is speaking out against the policy, saying it's a mistake. It's. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. That's yeah. the one part of the interview I just, I have no idea who's given him this advice that he needs to try to appease people that he's never going to appease, ever. Ever. There's not a one. Right. But, but again, I go back to look at his actions. You know, he's saying this, but then you look at his actions when he was in office. Not only did he do the March for Life, but he's also been a, a pretty vocal supporter of it. And he's also, he's responsible for the, uh, the justices that ended up overturning Roe v. Wade. So, I mean, you know, it's almost like he's, he, he's with the pro-lifers, but he's got this part of him that's like, ah, there's still that, there's still that issue, there's still that, you know, I still, I still have, uh, I, I still have a, a sliver. There shouldn't be any daylight, I guess most people say. But he probably still has that lane of daylight. Maybe it's his upbringing. Maybe it's where where he is from. You know, kind of uh, some parts of you you don't lose. You always have those parts of you, and that's who you are. Um, so maybe that's why. Maybe there's been some experience where you know he's seen it within within family, within friends, and be like, he didn't like it, but he understood it. So he can't really condemn it completely. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, if I ever hear about somebody saying, oh, rape and incest, that's a hard, you know, it, it, I got I to defer to the woman on that one. If, if she's been a victim and this is something that, you know, rape or incest, it's like, that's, you know, that, that is, that's, I can't, I can't condemn someone if they, if they have that, because that's their belief. So I have to be, I, I, at least me personally, I'd have to be open to it. I mean, obviously it's an extremely... Um, tough thing yeah. for a lot of people to position on and talk about, but and there are others who say it's the easiest thing to message on in, in the in the world. And either every life is precious or it's not. But we're not even to that point in this discussion. He wasn't right. even asked that. Right. I mean, I, he didn't. In the end, I don't. I don't know if he's he's talking about. Uh, 50, he kept saying, well, 15 weeks seems to be a number that everybody likes. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. It certainly seems like he's moved to the center, if not to the left on this, from the talk I heard. And the Megyn Kelly interview was the same thing. Can a man become a woman? Um, yeah, that should, that should have been an immediate uh, no. How, can it be, <laughs> how could not. it be anything other than no? <laughs> that should have been laughter. That should have been greeted with a, a, a loud and boisterous laughter. Of <laughs> No, of course not. Who, who, who thinks that's possible? Science will tell you no. So I'm going go, to go with, I'll go with follow the science there, Megan. Shout out to David Brody this morning, by the way, also pointing it out. And he'd have a better handle on the evangelicals who uh, were a huge part of Trump in 2016. Um, he wonders how this is going to, how this will, um, how this will, you know, read in the next weeks coming after the, after this interview, it'll be interesting to see Iowa too may have absolutely no impact. I have no idea, but it's not a great answer. I'll tell you that. All right. Hour two coming up sports with slick Rick, more news with Rick Delgado. We get back on a Monday night.
live from Studio 6B, 9 p.m. on the East Coast. Real America's Voice on a Monday night. Glad you're in. More news to do. Slick Rick will do sports. Aaron and Fran holding it down. Delgado will do the news. Glad you're a part of the show, as always. Hope you had a great weekend. Lots to cover. President Trump's got a couple speeches, I believe, coming up this week during the day. I think 3 and 4 o'clock a couple days this week. We'll be covering them on Real America's Voice. So make sure you stay tuned and look out for those. I think it's 3 o'clock is the tomorrow, the first one, I believe. A um, couple speeches I know Trump has this week. We're going to be covering them. They're during the day, though. I think 3 and 4 o'clock. Uh, so keep a lookout for that. You know, before we do the news, I just want to... A um, couple things I want to just bring some attention to. Um, because... Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to turn on any mainstream media, uh, maybe other than Fox, and see this story because it doesn't fit their narrative because it's two black teens in Las Vegas who stole a car and decided that they were going to go play video games behind the wheel of that car and not only try to run other people off the road, but they ran off the road a 64-year-old retired police chief and killed him while he was bicycling at about 6.30 in the morning in Las Vegas. And the mainstream media has barely covered this. I haven't seen Al Sharpton talking about this. I haven't seen um, Ben Crump, who's at every single, when it's um, some when it's some white guy who's done something to a black guy, Ben Crump's the first one to get in front of a television camera. Al Sharpton's not too far behind. And others who all run to MSNBC and other places, you've seen none of that with this story. Police say an appalling video uploaded to social media is the smoking gun and the fatal hit and run that took the life of Andreas Prost. The shocking video features two teens in a car, which police say was stolen. Video taken by the passenger in the vehicle shows the driver of the car purposely rear-ending a white sedan, causing it to careen into the median. One of the teams screams profanities to them as they drive by them after they've run them off the road. Then a bicyclist in the bicycle lane is spotted by the teens, and one says, ready? The other eagerly replies, yeah, yeah, hit his ass. The teens are heard on video giggling. The driver pilots the stolen 2016 Hyundai Elantra directly into the bicycle lane and directly smashes the bicyclist near Centennial Parkway, who is thrown from his bike onto the hood of the car, slamming and shattering the windshield onto the ground. He died instantly. Passenger looks out the window and records Prost violently tumbling onto the pavement before coming to a motionless stop. After the driver slams into Prost, one teen says that the man was knocked out well no he was dead yeah knocked out the driver then accelerates the video ends the bicycle's daughter taylor prost got an alert from her dad's apple watch that he had fallen taylor and her mother drove to the scene of the crash crystal told the las vegas review journal i come from law enforcement as well in my younger days i was able to ascertain there's his bike, his helmet's way over there, his phone is way over there. I'm like, this is not good. Police officers and firefighters told the Prost's wife and daughter that he had been rushed to the University Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead. The driver left the crime scene, but was reportedly arrested nearby. The 17-year-old driver was taken to a juvenile detention center. Police have not released his identity because of his age. 
The fatal hit and run was intentional. He'll now be charged. The minor will be charged with murder. The point being, number one, that <clears throat> these two kids will never serve the what they should serve for what they did. And where is all of the, um, well, they're nowhere. Where are the Ben Crumps and Al Sharptons of the world? They're silent. They're silent. Where are all the black leaders in the, uh, in the Senate? Where's Hakeem Jeffries? Where's all? Where's Maxine Waters? Where are all these people who speak out every single time? Where's that dope from New Jersey? What's his name? He's another emoter that has to get in front of the camera every time we think there's something involved, some white guy. Well, they're nowhere on this story. Nowhere. So... Just a horrific story. Yeah. And the other horrific story, thanks to uh, Soros prosecutors and lawlessness all over this country that stems from what Biden's doing, lawlessness everywhere, is this L.A. County sheriff and this L.A. cop who was ambushed while sitting in his car, sitting in his car at a red light, not on a case, not doing anything, just stopped at the red light. Guy pulls up, blows his head off in L.A. So they've arrested this creep. So just crime run rampant all over this country. And, of course, at the border. And it's just uh, out of control. Yeah, it is out of control. And, and being a cyclist, I, I, I saw that video a few times. Before they even announced that, that it, it, I saw that the guy died, I knew that the outcome wasn't good when you see something like that happen. So, believe me, I was on alert all weekend. Did you see the whole video? I saw the video, yeah. It's as disturbing as something you've ever seen. And this is from somebody who uh, I'm riding the roads constantly, in traffic, uh, on the shoulders. You know, sometimes you see people do stupid stuff. Some, sometimes they don't even see you. Even though you're right there in front of them, they don't see you. Mm. Same, same with motorcyclists. Motorcyclists tell you the same thing. They, they're on their motorcycle. They're in the lane. Somebody will still pull out or, or, or run, run right into them, because, and then they'll say, I didn't see you, because they're not used to it. Uh, it's well, just uh, th these uh, were These were two yeah, targeted was, assassinations. Yeah, this yeah. was purposefully so, done. Yeah, so so. All right, let's do a little news. And here with the news is uh, Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. Well, uh, jumping over to New York City, since, since we're talking about such great news in these cities across the country, amid the migrant crisis, Mayor Eric Adams is looking to, get this, limit the right to shelter which was created 42 years ago in, in New York City under a de cons consent degree. But he should be looking to eliminate it completely, that says here. Without question, the right is the central reason New York is spending far, uh, far more per migrant than any other large city. We're talking nearly $40,000 per head in New York City for a migrant versus 
under 3,000 in L.A. and less than 7,000 in Chicago. It was never based on anything like a sincere reading of the state's constitution or of the numbers that it would take to actually do this. But the budget of uh, New York is being assaulted. It initially meant was it was initially meant to giving only overnight shelter to single vagrant men at an inflation adjusted cost of 40 million in the first year. It eventually grew to two billion, a two billion dollar industry, they're calling it housing all comers and is likely to cost the city four billion dollars this year ahead of a long influx of more illegals, more than doubling the shelter population. Um, According to this, uh, Mayor Adams was speaking about how it needs to end because it's going to end the city. Mayor Adams is looking to limit limit this uh, consent decree and put the law aside. He said the policy has not worked. The city has far more people claiming homelessness than ever before. And people are coming here because they know they're going to get a freebie. And now that President Joe Biden has opened the borders, a lot more are coming. More than half of the 1,100 or I should say 110,000 asylum seekers who've arrived locally are exploiting the right to shelter um, policy that New York City stands. As it stands, the mayor's been obliged to order cuts to every municipal agency. That means every agency that takes care of the city and how it runs and keeping it safe and keeping it clean, they're going to take cuts because now they have to manage for added costs of sheltering migrants because the city's budget is looking at multi-billion dollar shortfalls starting next year, even without the added strain. So um, that surely plays into, of course, the emergency that uh, the mayor is calling for. But uh, let's face it, absent a Biden administration pledge to shut down the border, City Hall has little recourse in New York to uh, but but to all but abandon its obligations under the right to shelter. All right. <clears throat> all right. We'll do some more news with Delgado in a second. Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. And here with that, Slick Rick. What's going on, Slick? All right. Let's get a Slick Rick rodeo recap in, Big D. New Mexico State Fair and rodeo wrapped up last night. Albuquerque, New Mexico at the Tingley Coliseum. All around Cowboy, the great Stetson Wright, 7,400 for saddle bronc riding and bull riding. Bareback, number one, Taylor Broussard, 86 and a half points on Hilo Pro Rodeos Square Bale, 5429. Steer wrestling we had a tie nick guy and tyler pearson and jd struckness 3.5 seconds three-way tie there team roping eric rogers and paul eaves 4.1 seconds five thousand seventy-eight dollars saddle bronc with another tie brody crest on high low pro rodeos mistaken identity and isaac cruz on high low pro rodeos first class 87 points each tied on roping trevor hale 7.2 seconds bow racing liz Pinkston, 14.99 tenths. That's a great time. And bull riding, Kai Hamilton, 91 points on high-low pro rodeos. Mr. Wilson, 58.30. $195,372 payout on that rodeo. Uh, disturbing story out of the NFL. Ex-NFL player Sergio Brown, still missing. Mother found dead in a creek. Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart. Former NFL player Sergio Brown is still missing after authorities in Illinois found his mother's body lying in a creek Saturday in in the near western suburb of Chicago. Brown's mother, Myrtle Brown, 73, was reportedly found dead in a creek that runs past the rear of her home in Maywood, Illinois.
Illinois, according to Fox Sports. The Maywood Police Department says it's investigating the death as a murder. We're going to find out what happened because it's not normal for my sister to not answer her phone, not to respond to text messages. People have been reaching out to her since Friday. No one was able to reach her. Myrtle Brown's sister, Sheila Simmons, told uh, Chicago's WGN. Now I got the call this morning saying that she's missing. So immediately I came out here and find my, my sister is dead. Uh, attempts to revive the 73-year-old woman failed and her body was transferred to the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office. Simmons said that uh, when she entered Brown's residence, things seemed out of place. Family members told the media that no one has seen or heard from Sergio at least since Friday. Sergio, uh, an alumni of Proviso East High School in Maywood, played 94 games across seven seasons in the National Football League from 2010 to 2016, the majority of which were spent with the New England Patriots and Indianapolis Colts. Maywood officials uh, obviously asking for information on the whereabouts if you live in that area. So really a sad story uh, in the professional sports world. Big D. Um, and uh, well, Patrick Mahomes signed a, uh, an extension on a contract today. So I know Chiefs Nation is very happy. He agreed to a major contract restructuring. Uh, so they'll be keeping him around a long time, I think, till 2030. So uh, they'll have him for quite a while. The, uh, what is he, 28 years old now, 27 years old. So not too bad. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Back to you. All right, Slick Rick, very good. Uh, we'll do some more sports. We'll do some more news. A couple other things to get to I want to get to. The federal debt of the United States has now passed $33 trillion for the first time ever. $33 trillion in fiscal operating debt, $1 trillion in debt per month. We have added since the debt ceiling raise. $1 trillion per month we have added since the debt ceiling raise raise last five years the u.s has added 11 and a half trillion dollars in debt in five years just contemplate that number for a second Studio 6B on a Monday night, getting the week started. Slick Rick's going to do some more sports. Delgado's going to do some news. Sounds like the blues, so I think that means i got to talk about something. What am I talking about, friend? Birch? Uh, Birch Gold and Wellness Company. Ah, uh, Birch Gold. Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to fall. As demand for the dollar weakens, the, buyer, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That is why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account, an IRA. Text America right now to 989898 for your free information kit on gold with thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with their Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews. You can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency and central banks 
arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Text America to 989898 and claim your free information kit now. Text America to 989898 and talk to our friends from Birch Gold. Get your free information kit. Well, everybody knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. And that's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. You've seen their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough, well, on uh, RAV all the time. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and a Z-Pack. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. Rest assured, knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to help keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw at us next. Go to www.twc.health voice today and order. That's twc.health slash voice and use the promo code voice and you'll save 10% over at the wellness company. All right, 20 minutes past the hour live from Studio 6B on a Monday. So another part of um, Kristen Walker's interview with the president uh, circled around January 6th. And um, I want to play it for you first. And I want you to keep in mind the backdrop of what we know about January 6th and the president ordering 10,000 National Guard troops, Pelosi denying them. Stephen Sund interview with John Solomon and the many interviews he has done since then. But John Solomon really had the first big interview with Stephen Sund where he said, you know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't getting the intel like I would have suspected to get. We put requests in for the kind of, um, you know, um, things that we thought the cops would need that day. Those were denied. And the question of what Pelosi knew and when she knew it, when Mitch McConnell, what Mitch McConnell knew when he knew it, what they did or didn't do. We saw, we saw Pelosi more worried about uh, her daughter filming uh, the film crew, making it catch her dramatic exit of the Capitol. And we saw that footage as well. And you have people like Cash Patel and others who say, yes, the president three days before wanted to have 10,000 National Guard troops there, and it was denied by the Speaker of the House, who was the ultimate person in charge of the Capitol. So here's Kristen Walker's back and forth and her segment on this from Sunday's show. Since the President Biden has profited off of Hunter Biden's business dealings. I also talked to former President Trump about his actions on January 6th and why he never sent help when the Capitol was under attack. In our so, 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 you see mm -hmm. already? Yep. They're framing it. Oh, yeah. Why he didn't send help. Why didn't you send help? help? You're supposed to send help. Pelosi's in charge of the Capitol. Why didn't she call the president that day? 
Meanwhile, if he sends help and it's not requested, they'll be like, look, he's trying to use the military to take over. Look at the stormtroopers <laughs> yeah. he's sending in. Exactly. Exactly right. Our conversation, he directly contradicted the sworn testimony of one of his aides who testified to the January 6th committee that the former president was so determined to go to the Capitol himself after his rally that he grabbed a Secret Service agent inside the president's limo. Take a listen. I wanted to go down peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol. The Secret Service, who I have great respect for, said, sir, it's better if you don't do that. It could be unsafe because they didn't because of riots. Because, you know, it takes one guy with, with bad intentions, okay? So I didn't have a dispute with them. You know, you had that one person said, I grabbed the man around the neck. Actually, I wish I was so strong to be able to do that. These are all tough guys, smart guys. To dispute guys. that account. Dispute it? Who wouldn't dispute it? She's... <laughs> The craziest account I've ever heard. You mean that I was in the Beast, and she said I was in the Beast, and the Secret Service didn't win. So I took a guy who was like a black belt in karate and grabbed his neck and tried to choke him. What happened? How ridiculous. Just so you understand, this, and I have great respect for Secret Service, by the way. They're fantastic. The Secret Service said, sir, it would be better if you didn't. I said, I'd love to do it. They said it would be better until so we went back to the White House. Just so you understand. I spoke. I made a very nice speech. Tell me how you watched this all unfold. Were you in the dining room watching TV? I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell people later at a, an appropriate time. Just so you understand, however. What did you do when the Capitol was under attack, though? Let me Mr. just tell you. In the moment that the Capitol was Did you was see under the attack? statements I made in the Oval Office and just outside of the Oval Office? Absolutely. Go I was home. there that day. Our police are great. We love our police. We love everybody. Go home. That was, this was that a was beautiful more, that statement. That was at 4 o'clock well, in the afternoon, more than I, I don't know. three but hours the, after the attack started. But there were tweets that were put out before that. I want to know who you called By the way, on that day. Nancy Pelosi. I, I, I don't have. I, why would day. I tell you that? Listen, Nancy <laughs> Pelosi was in charge of security. She turned down 10,000 soldiers. If she didn't turn down the soldiers, you wouldn't have had January 6th. Did you now, she goes on to say there's she's, no evidence of that. She's debating him. She's debating yeah, him, exactly. Right. There's no evidence that she turned him down. She's not a reporter. In the Gateway Pundit today, headline, Pelosi refused to hand over communication surrounding January 6th. Democrats destroyed evidence from January 6th committee, refused to call in National Guard, and Pelosi hired a camera crew to, f to follow her that day from Jim Hoft. Mm -hmm. All of which is correct. Yeah, we've seen the footage. We have it, seen the yeah, footage. It's, 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 it's not like it's a surprise. No, nobody should be, uh, unless you're just starting to tune into this now because you're like, what the hell did happen? And you're starting to find this out. You, you might be going, really? Did that happen? There are some people that are still, you know, oh, yeah. uh, probably a good portion of the country are just starting to kind of tune into this stuff like, well, what did happen? Maybe maybe this is why he goes on these, you know, NBC networks and stuff like that, because he's reaching people that normally wouldn't watch his interview. But now they'll be like, oh, they're they're going to get him on NBC. And then all of a sudden they start to hear stuff. They're like, wait, is that is, did that really happen? President Trump asked for the National Guard three days in advance of January 6th. Pelosi turned him down. Pelosi refused to turn over information about her culpability in the security breakdown during the January 6th riot for over a year to congressional investigators. Stephen Sun, the Capitol Police chief on that fateful day, not only confirms her culpability, along with the rest of the Democratic Party leadership. Sun reported that Pelosi utilized him as a scapegoat and forced him to step down as police chief. We all know now that she was just trying to obfuscate her own responsibility 
for the attack. House Republicans later found text and email evidence that Pelosi staffers secretly decreased security at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Kristen Walker, there's no evidence of that, sir, that any of that happened. All right, WTF of the day coming up. More sports news. When we get back right after this. from Studio 6B. We're back. I want to thank everybody for all of the uh, all the emails. I got a good one here. It said, Big D, don't worry about Pobert. She was just reaching across the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one right there. That's oh, a good yeah, one right there. there. I so. could laugh at that one. Yeah. Uh, WTF of the day. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the UAW is striking. President Trump, I think, announced today that he has decided to skip the second debate and go out there. And um, I'm not really sure that that's great advice, whoever's giving him that. To go out to a group that some people think are already, well, paid extremely well, great health care, great benefits, and what they're asking for I would think most of the American people, and I don't, I, I mean, I don't know this, but I would think most of the American people's fire, especially firefighters, cops, teachers, uh, others who you think would think that a 40% raise working one less day, eight less hours, a 40% raise, 20% in the first year and all the other stuff they're asking for. I can't see how that resonates with the American voter today who's trying to bust their ass just to get by and pay the bills and see if there's anything left at the end of the month. I, I can't see how positioning yourself with, with that, to me, seems like a great idea. Am I wrong on that? I don't know. It's a good, it's a good question. I mean... Let's face it. You're not you're not going to get anything unless you ask for it, right? And typically, when you go into a negotiation like the unions do, every somebody's got to give up something. The other guy's got to give up something. So maybe they meet somewhere in the middle that that every, every each side thinks, okay, I'm happy. I can deal with this. Uh, sure, I'm upset. I didn't get what I wanted. But hey, if you don't ask for anything, you're not going to get anything. So there's that side. And, and the other side is he's a populist guy, right? He's not the typical. He's not the typical Republican. He's, he's, he's going for, he's trying to reach out to everybody. And I think a lot of the people that are union workers in this country are starting to realize that the Democratic Party doesn't really give a, a flying crap about them. I think they're starting to notice that. Because there's, there, I saw some of the interviews. They interviewed some of these these union workers. They're like, "How do you feel about the government or the president getting involved?" They're like, "No, no, thank you. Stay home. We don't want you involved." I mean, these were strong statements from people on the picket lines. They don't want any government interference. 
because I, I guess they saw what happened with the rail deal that, that oh, we got, a, we got a great deal. And then it falls apart because it was garbage. Um, and it was just used for political purposes just before, a can- just before an election, right? Back in uh, 2022. So who knows? Okay. But, but uh, hey, if he can turn a few more over to our side and say, look, these policies are going to work better than their policies because their policies have put you in this position. This is why you need to ask for a 40% raise because they've made it impossible for you to afford life. Well, that's, that's a good point. And yeah. inflation, obviously, is a big part of it. Yeah. Yep. And, of course, they're going to blame the green energy deal, the EVs, for all of it, which seemingly we're going to be doing a lot of that in the next coming years if the Democrats get their way. We're going to be blaming all kinds of things on the Green New Deal and the push towards everything they'd like to uh, install upon us. But my point being, what started this was getting to the WTF of the day. Not right. Not only is Trump going to go visit the workers, but someone else did. Oh, man. And well, I don't know. You figure out what he was saying. Roll it, Aaron. Good luck. I'm crazy. Friend here, John Fetterman from Pennsylvania, a senator from Pennsylvania. Drove all the way from Pittsburgh because we're a union town here, too. Well, it's just an honor to be here. Yeah. Oh, wow. He didn't drive. I always stand for the union way of life. I live across the street, you know, from a steel mill and the steel workers, you know, and I came from Pittsburgh because I, it's a union town as well. I will always stand for a union. And I, whatever the unions, you know, in, the best, in their best unit, excuse me, in their best interest, that's what I'm going to be standing for. We stand with workers. And that's why we're here. My message to the, the, CEOs, the CEOs is, you know, at $74 million, you know, collectively earning that, you know, how many yachts can they need, you know, to, to, yacht, to water uh, yeah, right. ski behind it? You know, Easy I mean, for you to say. Yeah. You know, I don't understand it. It's just like, <laughs> do what's right for the union, you know, in this nation. Seventy I'm foot crazy. foot water skis. Can you ski behind? Yeah, behind it. I think that's. I right. don't know. Well, no, I understood exactly what he was saying there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, <laughs> let's do some more news and hear what the news brought to you by our friends at Seven Cells. Seven Cells dot com. Uh, use our code LFSXB at checkout. Twenty percent off is Rick Delgado. What else is going on? All right. I got part two with Marshmallow Brain, uh, Mr. Fetterman. There. Okay. You want to hear about it? I of know course what it I is. Know. I know what it is. Well, the More U.S. Senate recently dropped its dress code requirement. As you can see, he was, oh. he was dressed fine for an afternoon of picketing, uh, sparking criticism from many conservatives, both online and in Congress, who suggested the move was made to appease Democratic Senator John. Fetterman, uh, according to Fox News Digital, that the Senate will no longer enforce a dress code for its senators. Senators will now be allowed to wear whatever the hell they want. But others entering the chamber must comply with the dress code, which is coats and ties for men and business attire for women. Uh, conservatives on Twitter, formerly known as, or, or on X, formerly known as Twitter, criticized Fetterman, who has routinely worn gym shorts and hoodies into the building and found a workaround the legislative body's dress code rules by voting from the doorway of the Democratic cloakroom or the side entrance, making sure his vote is recorded before ducking out. The the Senate will no longer enforce a dress code for senators, according to Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Dress code is one of those society standards that set etiquette and respect for institutions. She says, stop lowering the bar. Fetterman was asked about this tonight, as a matter of fact. Would you like to hear it? Of course. Okay, here it is. How things have operated since that deal was 
a bipartisan deal was struck for certain top line spending numbers for all of the funding bills that have to be passed to make the budget, keep the government running. The Senate has basically been delivering those and passing them by big 91-7 bipartisan majorities. The House today looks like it's falling apart. You've already got 17 no votes in that House Republican caucus saying we're not passing anything. What, what do you think's happening here? Yeah, you know, like I, I truly, I was, I was very proud of my colleagues, you know, because they're really about governance. That's what it is. And on the other, the, the house, the, the, whatever they call themselves, Team America or whatever they call themselves, I just like, hey, I just like bring your vote, you know, otherwise, you know, they need to go hump a different leg. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> bring your vote, Team America, or go hump a different leg. Then you can water ski behind that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I, I think he was talking about the CR vote, not not about the clothing, not about the yeah. down the down clothing. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> In other news, guess yeah. what? Uh, guess what? Famous famous grifting family is back, Damon. That's the Clintons. Yes, the Clintons are back. They smell money, and here they come a run. And the Clinton Clinton Global Initiative is set to launch a network. It's a network to provide humanitarian aid to Ukrainians one day after beginning its annual conference in New York uh, earlier today. CGI, the Clinton Global Initiative, it's called the Ukraine Action Network, will be officially announced Tuesday. According to the Associated Press, the network is a product of collaboration between Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and Ukrainian First Lady First Lady Olina Zaleska. The AP reported that several financial pledges are also set to be announced. They already got the money lined up here, kids. CGI is converging on its annual conference in New York uh, on Monday and Tuesday, and will be bringing together leaders from across different countries throughout the world to support this year's theme of Keep Going. Pope Francis will discuss uh, climate change with former President Clinton to open the conference. And, of course, other U.S. public officials are set to appear, including your favorite and my favorite Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen will be on hand there, Damon. Uh, California's groovy Governor Newsom will be there. Uh, Hottie Bumbati from Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer will be there. And, of course, uh, some other very well-known people, uh, Jen P. Saki, will also be on hand. Oh, all right. So here is Fetterman's actual reaction to MGG's, MTG's tweet of the Senate no longer enforcing a dress code for senators to appease Fetterman is disgraceful, she said. Dress code is one of society's standards that set etiquette and respect for our institutions. Stop lowering the bar. Here is the clip of him reacting to that. Uh, what, what do you say to that? Well, you know, her platform, you know, really, she runs on more and more dingling, you know, picks, you know, on uh, in the the, me- the meetings uh, over in, in the Congress. So, I, again, uh, I, I'm not really sure why she cares how I dress, uh, but, you know, she really takes it a different way. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she runs on a more dingling, right. dingling platform, and she takes it a different way. So. Right. Okay. And speaking of dinglings, Damon, I got one more story for you here. Uh, first, first son, dingling Hunter Biden, uh, U.S. President, of course, Joe Biden's son, has filed a lawsuit. He is now going to start suing the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS. Alleging, well, no, one, no one Fs with a Biden, remember. <laughs> alleging that its agents targeted and sought to embarrass him for discussing his tax returns. Sure. Oh, yeah. According to this article, Biden has no fewer or lesser rights, according to his attorney, than any other American citizen. And no government agency or government agent has free reign to violate his rights simply because of who he is, according to the lawsuit. The lawsuit also alleges that the two former IRS 
agents, uh, officials, I should say, violated Biden's uh, right to have the information kept private when they told Congress and the media that they felt an investigation into his tax affairs had been mishandled. Two IRS agents, Mr. Shapley and Mr. Ziegler, and their attorneys raised the stakes to unprecedented levels, it says here, with their numerous public appearances and statements that blatantly violated uh, Section 6103 of the IRS code by engaging in a campaign to publicly smear Mr. Biden, the law to states. So there you have it. Of course, the uh, the uh, attorneys for the whistleblowers have pushed back, uh, calling this, uh, you know, let's face it, their intimidation tactics by Hunter Biden's lawyers, and they're not going to stand for it. So yeah. there you have it. Dingling um, news from the So Bites. just a word on the, uh, the CR that's being bantied around that they don't have the votes for. So I'm a little unclear on why all the back and forth today and Gates and going after um, – um, Byron Donalds and him going back and forth with MTG when they don't have the votes, no matter who likes what or who put up what, you don't, they don't have the votes. They've never had the votes. They've got 15 or 16 hard, absolute hard no's. God bless them. Uh, but Russ Vaught, who is obviously the president for the Center for Renewing America, came out tonight once it was clear that the votes weren't there and said, here's what I think should transpire in the House since leadership lacks the votes for this CR. Number one, pull the CR immediately. Stop whipping it. Number two, hard reset from the debt limit back to the January agreement to return spending to pre-COVID levels of $1.47 trillion instead of $1.59 trillion implemented with the speaker backing of a new public set of 302B allocations that shows the universal path and doesn't rely on gimmicks or recessions. A loudspeaker commitment at the outset for the main areas to defund, which is what we have been basically talking about, saying where are the Republicans, why are they going on vacation, why are they not putting big defunds in these bills now and standing behind them and say, this is what we're going to do. This is basically what he's calling for now. Weaponization, COVID, woke money, etc. Number three, start moving individual bills. Regain trust. Move the appropriations bill with the DOJ FBI cuts first. This bill should not come to the floor unless members like Dan Bishop and Andrew Clyde are okay with it. Number four, then move the DHS appropriations bill with the HR2 border bill package that is attached to the CR. Then move labor HHS with an emphasis on defunding the COVID mandates, including those imposed by private companies and woke spending. Six, win the debate on defunding woke and weaponized spending. Seven, no discussion of CR at all in a firm universal commitment from the speaker not to rely on Democrat votes. This can be done. It will take some time. It's unfortunate that leadership has wasted months, but the pressure from a shutdown can be used to get otherwise unattainable votes instead of being used to concede policy objectives like the current CR. And I say bravo to every word of that. Mm-hmm. Every word of it. All right, we're back. More sports news. Wrap it up for a Monday night. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. We're back right after this.
you 6B on a Monday night. I want to remind you to go over to Live from Studio 6B. Make sure you're a member there. Great new merch always dropping. A couple new shirts dropped over the last week or so as well. Check them out. Free shipping still on all orders. And remember, if you use our code LFS6B, who sponsors sports at Mike Lindell's MyPillow, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. If you use our code there, forward us your receipt. And, of course, we'll send you out the shirt of the month absolutely free, which right now is the uh, did not comply, will not comply. We sent a lot of those out. I'm getting a lot of requests already for next month's shirt to be the uh, truth really upsets uh, people sometimes, which, of course, is the new Trump shirt. Yes. Uh, so that may be the Octo- – what is next? October, October yes. Yeah. October shirt of the month. But right now we're still in September. So just forward your my pillow receipts to LFS6B at Yahoo.com, LFS6B at Yahoo.com, and give us your size, and we'll send you out the um, – September shirt of the month for free if you've used our code in September. In October, the same thing. So, And, and what's that shirt you've got on now? That uh, one's warning. new. Yes, this is new. Warning, yes. you are now entering a whatever it says. I can't even read it. Politically, <laughs> Politically incorrect, incorrect area. area. Yes, I love, I love this one. You, you love it so much, you don't know what it says. Well, it's hard to read it backwards on the screen in front of me. I couldn't remember. <laughs> I don't want to look down and do this, so. Uh, Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? I'd like to update on the Monday Night Football. We have a doubleheader going on, and right now the Saints lead the Panthers 13-6 to with 12 minutes to go in the fourth How's quarter. How's Bryce Young doing? Uh, I mean, I didn't check that numbers. I didn't see his stats. Bryce Young, let's see what has he got going on tonight. Uh, 11 of 20 for 84 yards. Not a whole lot. Not good. <laughs> and, 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 and Alabama still wants a trade to get him back. Oh, gosh, terrible. Well, and then, uh, well, some more bad luck for the Browns. Not only are they trailing 16-11, apparently they're running back. Nick Chubb just suffered a gruesome leg injury. So oh. I didn't get a chance to see it, but bad news. And that's uh, three minutes to go there in the second quarter. So still time, but Steelers right now in control with the ball on the Cleveland 41 looking good there. Uh, let's get to the uh, NHRA over the weekend. Big D, National Hot Rod Association, the Pet Boys, NHRA. Uh, this is the Maple Grove Raceway in, looks like, Monson, Pennsylvania. And with top fuel, Doug Kalita. Robert Hike took the funny car. Pro Stock went to Matt Hartford. Matt Smith won the Pro Stock motorcycle. Top alcohol dragster, Tony Stewart, the great Tony Stewart. Sean Bellamere, top alcohol funny car. Steve Zupka took the competition eliminator. And Dan Fletcher, super stock. And the top uh, sportsman was George Forster. Not to be confused with Cincinnati Red, great George Forster. So it's George Forster taking the top sportsman in the NHRAs. And, uh, well, let's see. Steve Stricker wins sixth title, sets champion's earning mark. This is an AP report from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Steve Stricker hold a 20-foot eagle putt to catch K.J. Choi and then picked up a pair of late birdies and sent them to a four under 66 on Sunday to win the Sanford International for for his sixth victory this year on the PGA Tour Champions. Stricker earned 300000 leaving him just short of $4 million for the year and setting a record for most money in a single season on the 50 and older circuit. So, Stricker, uh, hey, the old men are winning some money still, big day. Stricker three-putted the 18th from long range and finished at six under 194. And uh, that's a wrap in sports, big day. That covers pretty much everything tonight. Got a couple of the little stories, but nothing, nothing. Earth-shaped. All right, Slick Rick. Boy, people on social media are saying, please do not repost the video of Nick Chubb's injury. It must have been absolutely gruesome, really? whatever he yeah, did. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Oh, yeah. That's what, what they're shame. saying. I didn't look at it yet, so shame. I will. But What a great player, too. Shame. Yeah, he's their whole whole offense, quite he frankly. Is. Without them running the ball, oof, that's oh, going yeah. to be a tough uh, tough go. 
Uh, all right. Thank, thanks, Slick Rick. Let's do a little more news and hear what that is, Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. Well, if uh, crazy Democratic policies haven't haven't gotten you uh, to feel like you're in Venezuela yet, just try Chicago, as Chicago's Democratic mayor wants to create city-run Grocery stores. Sure, that sounds great. <laughs> Government-run grocery stores, awesome. Yes, uh, what could possibly go wrong? He's, yeah, they're saying that the grocery stores are there to promote equitable access to food after oh. half the city's WalMarts and Whole Food stores have decided they are closing. Mayor Brandon Johnson announced a partnership with the Economic Security Project to open uh, municipally uh, municipally owned grocery stores in Chicago in a bid to tackle many of the city's so-called food deserts. According to uh, Johnson's new moves, they're set to help repair past harms that have contributed to purposeful disinvestment and exclusion and a lack of food access in historically underserved communities. Uh, the liberal mayor said all Chicagoans deserve to live near convenient, affordable, healthy grocery options, and we know access to grocery stores is already a challenge for many residents, especially on the south and west sides. You seem to be chuckling. But this is because there's a new listing on eBay uh, that I just came across. And oh, is it, I don't, is it for a jet? I don't have the, I don't have the <laughs> money yet, but there you go. <laughs> Yeah, there yeah. you go. 80 million, get yourself an F-35 stealth fighter jet. My question is how many miles are on that? Because I don't want to pay too much. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't say, but exactly. all right, what else is going on uh, in the news? According to the mayor, he says he's proud to work alongside partners to take this step in envisioning what a municipally owned grocery store in Chicago would look like. And uh, I can just imagine it won't look good. So... If you're in Chicago, you know, people, people kind of, sometimes I get these emails that people are joking when I think I'm joking or uh, that I'm, I'm a looney tune when I say they're going to be, they're going to tell you what you can build your house out of, what you can do this, what you can wear, where you can turn your heat on, when you can yeah. turn your air on, what kind of bulbs you can put in. Now they're going to tell you how much food you can have. They're going to tell you what you can eat, how much you can have, who's going to make it, what it's going to come from. Just unbelievable. Crazy. All right, and for anybody who's thinking that RFK might be a good uh, option in terms of a president, well, here's a problem with that that some are calling 100% disqualifying. RFK Jr.'s campaign manager, Dennis Kucinich, uh discussed what he believes he could be doing. And according to this, uh, Democrat presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy vowed to ban hydraulic fra fracturing, which is known as fracking, a process of producing oil and natural gas cleanly and efficiently. Kennedy said in a thread posted on social media that such a ban would come part of his 10-step plan to fix the plastics pollution crisis. I don't even know we had one. Uh, he added that fracking provides the feedstock with the majority of domestically produced plastics, which are largely derived from petroleum products and natural gas. According to uh, according to some, uh, let me make sure I get this uh, this quote correctly here. He says, "I told you uh, that this guy is anti-freedom." According to energy expert Alex Epstein, said in a response, banning fracking would Im immediately plunge the U.S. into a depression, and Kennedy would do it to solve an amorphous problem with a plastics crisis. So 
conservatives who were thinking, well, this guy could be a good option. Uh, this this could turn out to be uh, I don't think any real idea. conservatives were ever thinking that. No. According to the Energy Information Administration, estimated 2.8 billion barrels, or the equivalent of 7.8 million barrels per day of crude oil were produced directly from uh, tight oil resources in 2020, and the drilling method of fracking is required to reach such tight oil resources buried deep within the subterranean reservoirs. So there you have it. Uh, our K would ban fracking. Not a good look. No, not a good no. look. But can no. we all agree that he should have um, he should have Secret Service protection? Oh, why, yeah, why is, absolutely. How is the Biden administration yeah. con- continuing to reject? That's crazy. And they just found some wacko. That I think they just found a wacko at one of his events too. That was that I think they found he was armed, and they arrested him. Obviously, they got to him before anything happened. But I mean, how when your father and your uncle are both been assassinated? I mean, how does he not have so? How does he not? Have Secret Service protection. I mean, that just seems crazy, doesn't it? I think you know why. They're not exactly encouraging, uh, you know, humane behavior on the left. I also saw uh, another article today about um, Joe Manchin throwing a real wrench into into the left's um, hopes for this election too. If he runs as an independent, no labels. Is he going for the no labels? I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't. I just saw that he's still thinking seriously about it. And I would not put it past him, I say, given how he got screwed by Biden on the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. I say go for it. And he still feels like he got screwed, which he did, which we all did. All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active, police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines, all our truckers, all our farmers. Thanks, everybody, on the show. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Fran. But most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience, as always. Enjoy the rest of your night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., right here, live from Studio 6B.